0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au.
1: There's going to be times when you're misunderstood, misrepresented, unappreciated. People may impugn your motives and even say things about you that are not true. So what do you do, give up?
0: If people mistreated the Lord, his followers can expect the same kind of hostility. Pastor Greg Laurie offers hope. Some of you have been thinking about giving up today.
1: But what I wanna say to you is don't give up, get up and keep your focus on Jesus Christ and you'll get through this.
0: Stand against us, it's often because of what we stand for. Some people can't stand people of faith, but they tolerate just about everything else. We have to remember that the attack is nothing personal, it's something spiritual. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us see what's behind the hostility. We'll look at a time in the Old Testament when a great work of God faced open hostility, and we'll see how we can compose and conduct ourselves just as our forefathers did.
1: at Nehemiah. And here's some of the things we learned in our last message. Just a couple of recap points. Number one, when you build you also will battle. When you build you also will have to battle. So we're reading about the Jewish people returning from Babylon where they were held captivity for 70 years. Coming to Jerusalem and rebuilding the walls that surrounded the city that now lie in charred rubble and ruin. And the moment they started building, the attacks came in various forms. So when you build, you will also have to battle. Another thing we learned together, when you're doing God's work, you'll be roundly criticized. When you're doing God's work, you'll be criticized. Nehemiah and his people were and we will be too. Opposition and criticism, just go with the turf. In fact, Jesus said in Luke 6.26, beware when all men speak well of you. So if someone's criticizing you right now, that might be a good sign you're on the right track. So the devil has two basic ways he attacks the church. Number one, he attacks outwardly. That's what he Often does, historically. That's what was happening to Nehemiah and the folks. And that's what happened to the early church that Jesus started. The day of Pentecost happened. The Holy Spirit was poured out. They were just thrilled at what God was doing. And now the persecution comes. And what did it do? It drove the church out of Jerusalem and they fanned around the world. And here's the problem. If the persecution had not come, they may have never left Jerusalem because that was where all the action was. But now they went out and they began to share the gospel as Christ told them to. Otherwise they probably would have stayed there forever in a little holy huddle. But now the gospel is getting out. So what the devil meant for evil, God used for good and the gospel went out. So instead of making the church weaker, this persecution made the church stronger. And the same happens to us. The devil will attack us outwardly And this is what will happen as we seek to do the word of God. So Nehemiah now has got everyone on the wall and everyone has a part to play in the rebuilding process. But it was an overwhelming task. And then to make matters worse, now they're threatened by Sanbalat and Tobiah, two guys. Sanbalat and Tobiah. If you translated their names from the original Hebrew, it would translate out to our English words, Beavis and Butthead. I made that up. <laughs> or Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> or Tweedledee and Tweedledum if you like. Uh, but these crazy guys uh, were joined by others that opposed Israel rebuilding the wall, the Geshem and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashtonites, and they tried to stop them. So look at Nehemiah 4 verse 7. And when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites and Ashdodites heard the work was going ahead and the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious and they made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But look at what they did. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. So I told you that there are two ways that devil attacks. One is outwardly, And that's what was happening up to this point. Now the devil changes his tactics and that's point number one of this message. The next attack he will use, if he can't get us from the outside, he'll try to get us from the inside. Again, if the devil can't get us from the outside, he'll try to get us through the inside. It's inside infiltration. Instead of conquer and destroy, it's divide and conquer. So the devil, stirs division. They're getting discouraged. They're halfway through and they just got overwhelmed. Look at Nehemiah 4.10. The people of Judah began to complain, saying the workers are getting tired and there's just so much rubble to be moved, we'll never be able to build the wall by ourselves. You feel that way right now? You're trying to fix something. You're trying to repair something. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your ministry. Maybe it's your own life. You're just trying to get closer to the Lord and it seems like you take one step forward and take three steps backward and you don't understand why that's happening. You're just a bit overwhelmed. Well, just know this. Even the best and most godly people get discouraged at times. So if you're discouraged, just know you're in pretty good company. Moses was very discouraged on multiple occasions and it's recorded in the Bible. David, oh man, he got discouraged. You read about it in many of his psalms where his heart was overwhelmed. Elijah was so discouraged he wanted to die. Paul the apostle was discouraged and the list goes on. You get discouraged, I get discouraged. It often happens when a project or a plan or a relationship is not going the way we want it to go because it's easy to start something. It's not as easy to finish it, right? Right? Like going on a diet. How many of you have ever gone on a diet? Raise your hand. Okay, a few more of you should be raising your hand. (laughs) I'm not going to say who, but you know who you are. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Actually not. But anyway, I've gone on many diets over the years. Uh, And my favorite of all diets is the Atkins diet. You know what that is? The high protein diet. Oh, man. There is not a better diet on the face of the earth than the Atkins diet for one day. Maybe two, but one for sure. Because it's a high protein diet. It's a great diet for guys because we usually like to eat a lot of stuff, you know? And so you can have protein. You can have meat. You can have fish. You can have chicken. You can have cheese. Lots of cheese. You can eat bacon. You can have a big giant omelet with a big side of bacon. Isn't this making you hungry right now? It's making me hungry. But don't eat toast, don't eat starch, don't eat carbs. So avoid potatoes and things like that. Well, here's the problem with the Atkins diet. If you go off of it and cheat a little, it isn't a weight loss diet. It becomes a weight gain diet. And I know this from experience. So it's great for a day or two and then you start dreaming of bread and pizza and potatoes or anything else you can not have. It's easy to start, not easy to stay on. It's easy to join the gym. A lot of people do that at the beginning of a year. I'm going to join the gym. But the problem is, most of them never go back. <laughs> do you know that gyms actually build their business models around people signing up and never returning? One uh, gym chain I read about in a business magazine called Planet Fitness. It's one of the biggest in America. And one of their gyms had the capacity to only accommodate 300 people, but they signed up 6,000. And they were asked, how are you able to do it? They said, no problem. Most of the people never come back. (laughs) See, we sign up. It's easy to sign up. It isn't easy to stay with it. It's easy to say, I do on the day of your wedding and pledge your love and state your vows to your husband or wife-to-be. It's another thing to hang in there month after month, year after year, decade after decade. It's exciting to volunteer for a new ministry. You know, your heart was touched for the little kids and, and there you are with the four-year-olds and you just taught them the story of Joseph and, and how he was betrayed by his brothers and the little kids have tied you up and they're looking for slave traders to sell you to. It's not going well. That's what's happening here in Nehemiah. (laughs) Beavis and Butthead, excuse me, Sanballat and Tobiah. They start mocking, chapter four, verse four. And I prayed, hear, oh God, we're being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt.
0: Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Today, Pastor Greg is bringing us a message called How to Handle Discouragement from Nehemiah Chapter 4.
1: That brings me to my next point. When you're being discouraged, this is a big one now, don't miss it. When you're discouraged, put your eyes on the Lord. Put your eyes on The Lord. See when we take our eyes off of the Lord, we will get discouraged because there's gonna be times when you're misunderstood, misrepresented, unappreciated, people may impugn your motives and even say things about you that are not true. So what do you do, give up? Well if you wanna do what the devil wants you to do, by all means give up. The devil's two favorite words are give up. And some of you have been thinking about giving up today. Some of you are thinking about giving up on that marriage, giving up on that ministry. Some of you have even thought about giving up on your Christian faith because you've been disappointed by things that have come your way. But what I want to say to you is don't give up, get up, and keep your focus on Jesus Christ and you'll get through this. What does Nehemiah tell them in Nehemiah 4.14? Don't be afraid of the enemy remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Remember the Lord you guys. We are doing this for the Lord. Get your eyes off your circumstances. Get your eyes off the half built wall. Get your eyes off of your enemies who mock you and hassle you and put them back on the Lord. Now Hebrews 12 talks about running a race. We uh, dealt with this text not too long ago in our series that we called World Changers. And The writer of Hebrews 12 says, lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily beset you and run with endurance a race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now has set down on the right hand of God. So basically Paul's saying, man, get your eyes on Jesus and run this race for him. And then in verse three he says, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people and then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you've not given your lives up for your struggle against sin. But Greg, you're saying it's hard for me. You don't know what I'm going through. You no, know, I don't know what you're going through. But I know the Lord is with you. Take your eyes off of yourself and put them on Christ. Cory Tin Boom. Wonderful lady. Been in heaven for a while now but she survived the Holocaust. And she was not a Jewish lady, she was actually a Dutch Christian lady, but her crime, in quotes, was hiding Jewish people in her home along with the rest of her family during World War II from the Nazis. So the Nazis warned the Ten Boom family, stop hiding these Jews. And they said, we will keep doing it because they are the apple of God's eye. And so, the Nazis came one day and arrested Corey's father who was named Casper, her sister who was named Betsy, and they were all thrown into concentration camps. Uh the father died quickly, he was an elderly man. Betsy and Corey were put in a place called Ravensbrück, horrible, awful place where they were literally sending Jewish people to the crematoriums. But Corey survived that and spent the rest of her life Bringing encouragement to people. I had the privilege of hearing her in person a couple of times, but I love this quote from Corey Tinboom. She said, quote, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. And if you look at Jesus, you'll be at rest. So true. See, we have to do it for the Lord. We can't do it for the applause of people. Because if you do it for the applause of people, you'll fold when you have to face the criticism of people. So it's not about applause, it's not about criticism, it's about doing it for the Lord. Billy Graham. I remember one time we were in Portland, Oregon. He did a crusade and it was a wonderful event and many people came to Christ and I remember when Billy was walking out of the stadium there were crowds lined up on both sides. They wanted to reach out and touch Billy Graham. And I was walking right next to him. He just kind of had his head down. He was just sort of looking ahead. He would acknowledge people, but he wasn't waving. And you know, he, would just, he was just—he was moving along. And we got in the car and we're driving out. And you know, preachers like to be encouraged. And so I thought I'm going to say something encouraging to Billy about his message. And so I was in the front of the car, riding shotgun. His longtime ATW Wilson was driving. Uh, next to Billy was sitting his son Franklin. So. I turned around, looked back over the seat, and there was sitting Billy. I said, Billy, great message tonight. And Billy looked at me with those steely blue eyes, and he said, it's just gospel. <laughs> I turned back around. <laughs> I'm thinking, I know. Just trying to compliment him. Then I thought of something else to say, a point he made in this message. I turned back around, and I said, Billy, I love the point you made when you said Christ can resensitize your conscience. And he looked at me and he said, Well, he can. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you know what I learned that day? Billy didn't want to be complimented. He didn't do it for the applause of people or the compliments of someone else. He did it for the Lord. But this little sign hanging on the wall in his home says, What is that to thee? Follow thou me. And that's based on a conversation that Jesus had with Simon Peter after the Lord rose again. Remember, Peter had denied Christ three times. So they talked about it. Jesus said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And then Jesus went on to say to Peter, in so many words, you're gonna die the death of a martyr. Well, Peter didn't like that. He looked over at John the apostle, and he said, what about this man? And then Jesus said to Peter, hey, if I want him to remain until I return, what is that to you? Follow me. Follow thou me. In other words, Peter saying, well, that's not fair. It's like my grandkids. You know, if I do one thing for a grandchild that is perceived as being a little more than what I do for the others, they all started with it. It's not fair, Papa. And here is Peter saying, it's not fair. Jesus is saying, hey, what's it to you? You follow me. And that's what he's saying to you. Well, it's not fair, Lord. They got more than I got. or Their thing's going better than my thing. Hey, what's it to you? You're in your lane in the race of life. Run your race. You're not competing with fellow Christians. Your competition is not other believers. We're not in competition here at Harvest with other churches. Our enemies are the world, the flesh, and the devil. We need to run this race for Christ. And we need to do that as individuals as well. So here's another point if you're taking notes. We need to make our stand in our own homes first. Make our stand in our own homes first. Look at Nehemiah 4.14. He says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who's great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. See, each person for the most part was to build. The part of the wall that was nearest to their home. So think about it. Here you are. You're up building the wall and here's your house right here. Now, do you think you're going to do a good job securing the wall? Well, of course, because that's your house. And in that house are, are your, is your family. So you do a good job. Everyone worked around their own house. And really that's where this begins, a spiritual life. It starts with us as individuals. Then it's our family. I want you to notice something very significant here. These words are addressed to the men. He says, remember your brothers, your sisters, your daughters, your wives, and your homes, and fight for them. Well, why wasn't it addressed to the women? Because the men were told, Fight for your family. Look, if someone breaks in your house, guys, are you going to defend your wife and children? Of course you are. You're going to stop the intruder. Do what needs to be done. I know you would do that. But what about spiritual attack against your wife? What about spiritual attack against your children or your grandchildren? Will you be there as well? See, the idea here is, is that men need to be the spiritual leaders in their home. We need more men of God leading their families and setting an example. Stop being a slacker. Get up and lead. I know you'll lead in other areas. Lead in this area. And lead your family in Bible study. Lead your family to church. Lead your family in prayer. Be that man of God. You'll be so blessed if you will do this.
0: Great encouragement today from Pastor Greg Laurie as we continue our studies in Nehemiah. Next time we delve deeper into the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem in Nehemiah. A great encouragement from Pastor Greg, Monday on A New Beginning. This is the day, the day Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Handle Discouragement." If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.